This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... Come on with it! Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, hello. Well, let's just say up front, it's probably going to be a quicker show today than usual. It sure is, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what happens when somebody works... From midnight to 8 o'clock in the morning and tries to pull a show off after staying awake till 3 in the afternoon. I'm on a graveyard shift right now. And you know what, though? I found kind of like a secret weapon to get through it. Ooh, what is it? VH1 Classic. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. Like, last night wasn't as good as the night before, but, like, at 3 o'clock in the morning, Metal Mania started, and that was pretty tits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that going for you. By 3 o'clock in the morning, I think that, like... I was already out, like, out, out, out. You're in dreamland. You're in, like, REM, if you will. Yes. I was cocooned up in all the blankets (laughs) so that... In the middle of the bed. Yeah. So, like, when you were like, hey, I'm actually going to try to go to sleep now. I was like, don't bother. Just stay awake (laughs) until it's time. I'm just going to push through. Just pushing through. But they play... I watched um, Behind the Music Remastered. Right. Which was like really good. Learned a lot, a lot about like Foreigner, which is like one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I was like all excited, and then what was it? And then it was Deep Purple. That was after that. Ugh, so boring. And then last night I watched, um, or this morning I should say, I watched um, the Metal Show, and I just don't like Eddie Trunk. Yeah, you've never really did like Eddie. He's Trunk. such a douche. Well. You're just, I think, jealous because you want his job. Oh, my God. I would give anything to be Eddie Trunk. Like, he's a douche, but I would give anything to be him. You literally are Eddie Trunk for the most part. You're the, you are the Eddie Trunk of semi-popular internet podcasts <laughs> with hardly any guests. <laughs> That's not true. Actually, we got some guests coming up. We do. So. We have a nice little docket lined up, so... Stay tuned. It's also the reason why I don't feel guilty about doing a quick show this week. I know. We just need to be quick. Not that I really feel guilty about it anyway. No, you don't feel... You generally don't feel guilt, Tom. Like, I mean, we don't really get people sending us checks saying, good job, guys. (laughs) So it's... All right. But if you want to, (laughs) our address is... Don't bother. The mail will never get here (laughs) because we live in Harlem. (laughs) People take, like, you know, coupons out of our mailbox. Like, it's ridiculous, like, how corrupt the mail system in Harlem is. white people in Harlem. (laughs) (laughs) It'll find us. Yeah, I was going to say, they'll they'll know. They'll know. (laughs) So, you want to get into your herd, and then let's just totally blast right through this show so people could say, I'm glad I didn't miss it. But then do you ever really miss it after it's over? Every time we think that we, I mean, well, every time I think that, like, we might not have a good show, 
it's like always like the best show. So whatever, this show is going to be tits. That's going to be the word of the day today, tits. Okay, I'll remember to take the bell Ding. out just so that you have it because it's good that we have the bell. I want it to be like a yell like on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like, ah! The bell gets annoying. Can you imagine? <laughs> no way, Jose. All right, fine. All right, so let's get into a... So this week's You Heard comes to us from Columbia University, the campus of where we were rubbing elbows this morning. And I was standing there taking a picture of a beautiful azalea bush in the middle of campus. And these two girls walked by and they looked very Columbia. And they were all just like, you know, in their funky like youthful clothes and just whatever like you know how just like they dress like artsy and whatever and the one said to the other she goes it's all about chivalry and love and that is this week you heard All right, so maybe we gave a little bit away by saying that we were at Columbia this morning because I feel like that's something that, you know, we were saying, what are we going to do the show on? We couldn't do it on sleep deprivation, even though it's your turn this time. <laughs> so, I mean, we just did one. and Sorry, called it. So we thought about like, hey, why don't we talk about today a little bit? Because, I mean, Columbia is a world-renowned school. Yes, it's very prestigious I mean, just, some of the just... most famous journalists <laughs> came from there. And I mean, you know, it's it's a school that, I mean, Tyler Durden's friends right now are in 11th grade and they're saying their aspirations are to get into like Columbia. Yeah. NYU. Like they, they have like these huge name schools and, and other friends are like, oh, I want to get into Harvard or Yale. And it's. It's very strange to me. It is very strange. And, you know, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, um, I wanted to go to NYU. I wanted to go to NYU so bad, like you couldn't even know. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to go to like their writing program. And it was so expensive to send in the application. And this was like back in the 90s. So like, I think it was like $85, which like to me, like that was like a lot of money to like. You can't afford the $85 application. You can't afford NYU. I made $6 an hour as a grocer, as like a cashier in a grocery store. And my mom like totally wasn't going to pay for me to like go to school at, in New York. Like there was no fucking way. Your mom still hates the idea of you being she in does. New York. Every time I'm like, oh, like I'll talk to her like on the, like on the, like when I'm walking or something and like somebody walks into me and I'm just like asshole and she's like just come home you hate living there and it's like I don't hate living there like I kind of get off on the fact that it's like bumper cars <laughs> it's not that we hate living here we love living here we just hate the people we here. just hate people like that's all that it is like we literally just hate people but yes but since 1754 no. Columbia yes. University <laughs> has been like 
you know, the upper echelon of schools, you know, and it's not that far from where we are. And it's actually, it's not that far from the facade of Tom's restaurant from Seinfeld. Mm. There's a little did you know right there. A little pre-did you know. <laughs> you could have just used that for did you know. I could have, yeah. All right. Well, don't worry. You're going to do a did you know anyway. I am going to do this week's did you know. But when we went to Columbia today, Tyler Durden, like I said, had to do a reading of a story that she wrote. Mm -hmm. There was, I believe, 15 kids total. They all got to like go up in front of a podium and each read. Like a three minute uh, like excerpt. Of yeah, like a two to three minute thing. Some mm -hmm. of them do it a little bit shorter and they felt like really short. I yeah. mean, a two minute and three minutes, a huge difference between the two. Yeah. And um, when she went up there today, I was like very, very proud of her. Absolutely. And I know you were. And not even just proud, like, like, I'm super proud, but I'm also like super jealous like, <laughs> because like re hearing them like made me want to like go back and do something more with my life. Yeah, but man, that's the difference between our generation and their generation. Like, I feel like our parents worked really, really hard and tried to like do some stuff for themselves and make sure that we had college paid for and such. Sure. However, I also feel like th this generation of parents, like myself, mm -hmm. like I'm going to make sure, like, like I tried to make sure that Kyle had no college bills and now Tyler, um, I want to make sure that she has no college <laughs> Good bills. Good luck with that. That's not gonna happen. This is the world-renowned <clears throat> photography student. <laughs> yeah, right? But I feel like with her situation, like, and I'm, I know I'm not the only one where it's like, I'm just going to work to make sure she gets what she needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like whatever it takes for her to be able to go to college and not come out like, you know, $100,000 in debt by the time it's all said and sure. done. That's my only goal. So if it winds up being that, you know, I have to stay in the world's. Tiniest little office. Tiniest little apartment or whatever. Oh, I was like, office. <laughs> the office is a closet. I'm not even joking. Like, I really am in a closet. That is insane. People come in and they're like looking for brooms and shit. <laughs> so I think that like with this whole situation with Tyler, you know, I know she's going to be able to go to a good school. I know that she's going to come out and not be in debt. And it makes me think like, man, like, Parents these days are just setting their kids up for a very easy route until they get out of college and try to get a job and realize, like, people stop giving me stuff now. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, a double-edged sword because you want the best for your kids, but in the same respect, giving them the best might not be the best thing for them either. Right, exactly, yeah. But it's not going to stop me from doing it. Right. And every, all, you know, as many other parents who can pull it off be able to do it. But, you know, seeing her up there, like I said, proud, but also wondering, like, what do you really get out of a name brand college? Like, what's driving kids to want to go to Harvard or Yale or Columbia or NYU or something comparable like that? Like, why do they feel like it's so, so important to hit one of those schools? I think maybe because it's so hard to get into. Like, you have to have, like... 
you know, like she just took like a series of tests or, you know, exams or something that like you had to get a five, like five is the only grade that Ivy Leagues will accept. And then like four is what like, you know, the slightly lesser schools. And then like three is what like, you know, your everyday basic <laughs> school accepts. And then like two and twos and ones like, well, good luck to you. Like, you know. <laughs> Get used to asking about fries, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that's ridiculous. I didn't even take those tests. When I was in high school, I didn't take those tests. I knew I wanted to be in art. And I went and I like had my interview in 12th grade. I went to, you know, the college that I went to. And when I went down there and I was talking to like the dean at the time, he told me, all right, like, you know, you're going to be judged by your work. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter what the name of the school is. At the end of the day, like people aren't going to care what school you came from if they open up your portfolio and see that your work is awesome. Yeah. Or bad. Or, right, like if yeah. they see it and they're like going, "Oh my god, like this is just a bunch of crap." Like I don't care that you went to Pratt or Parsons or SVA. Like we're not going to hire you because you just can't pull off what we need for you to pull what off. What if you went to like the Humpty Dumpty Coloring College? Like, what if you did that? Like you drew the, like the pirate, like at four <laughs> yeah. o'clock in the morning and sent it in, and then you were Wait, like, was it a pirate? Uh, like the turtle, right? They it was had a, a turtle pirate too. And a turtle, and then they bring that in, and then you're like, oh, and here's my portfolio. It's like not only did I draw the pirate, but I also draw the turtle. Oh my god! And then they'll just look at you and they'll be like, oh, we'll give you a call. Which we get a lot now. I mean, even if you go to a grade school, there's no guarantee you're going to get a job anyway. It really oh doesn't God. make a difference. That's, like, so funny. Like, I remember this is like, has nothing to do with school. But, like, I remember when I applied for one job once. And I worked for a newspaper. So, like, there was no, like, I didn't know how to make it, like, on a, like, take the things and scan them into a computer. So, like, I went in there with, like, an, a fucking portfolio that someone who, like, paints on canvases or something would do. Like, my portfolio was serious, like, the size of this table. And it was just, like, one of those huge books that, like, you see kids, like, carry, like, their paintings with, yeah. you know? And I walk in there and I'm like holding it. It was so awkward on my lap. And then like somebody comes in with like a normal like binder sized portfolio. And I was just like, well, I'm fucked because like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, how can I run a newspaper if I can't even like handle putting my clips? Because like, wait a minute. But we had like, but it used to, in my defense, you know, the cover stories always used to be the center page so like you would have these two pages so like it would be like this the center folds you know what I mean so like I would I and I was like the staff writer so I usually had like the center fold article so like those were like my best stories so like here it is like full and uncut like right on the deadwood paper was this your first interview was this your first interview into this foray into this field of journalism for you like I had already had a job like I was like the staff writer and I was applying for like an upper position so you just thought that you would go to job number two because I believe you said something close to, and I can listen to the replay later on. <laughs> How was I expected to go in and run this newspaper if I couldn't even get my portfolio right? I believe was the exact <laughs> word you said. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how can I run a newspaper if I can't even, like, handle putting my clips? 
pretty confident for your second job going in and be like, oh, move over, everybody. Step aside. Nikki Flash is here. And I got I... the biggest I've got the biggest portfolio, which means that I'm the best. Walk over to the corner office, kick the door open. <laughs> I have arrived. Get out. Get out, general manager. <laughs> Publisher. <laughs> I want yeah. yours next. <laughs> Don't you know I have this big portfolio? <laughs> Look at the size of my portfolio. It was basically kind of like, you know, when like, I was like, I don't even know. The analogy the analogy went out of my, <laughs> it totally went right out cool of my Sorry, head. bro. So anyway, so while we're there at Columbia today, like I'm going to bring mm. us back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Come here. Mm-hmm. So. Like, it was just weird because it seemed like everybody had these aspirations of these big schools. But the fact of the matter is, is if high schools really, really wanted to prep kids, rather than tell them, you know, because you're, you're looking at, like, classes the size of, like, 1,500 kids minimum, you know, for, for a graduating, graduating class. Cl- I was like, wow, that's a really big class. Like, I'm... I'm <laughs> Maybe 30 maximum <laughs> on a class for the high schools in this city, but like a 1,500 person, you know, sure, yeah. graduating class. So if the teacher is giving the same speech, which I'm imagining for the most part they are, just telling kids aspire, reach the best, you know, you want to be reach like at the, the top stars. of your game and, you know, here's the deal. Because somebody's putting these ideas in these kids' heads. Well, yeah, kids today are just like, you know, they're basically told that they can do and be anything. Like that's like... Right, but they can't, number one. <laughs> like, like you know, you got to figure that, like, 80% of the kids, they're, they're not going nowhere. They're really yeah. not going yeah. nowhere. But if you're telling them, like, hey, man, listen, you got to shoot for one of these Ivy League schools or something comparable or, like, a you know, just a known institution, at the end of the day, you're putting so much pressure on them. There's no way the majority of these kids are getting to it. Exactly. And that's like that's foreshadowing to what Did You Know is about. <laughs> I'm not going into that yet. I know, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is okay, number one, the kids are going to get frustrated. By the time they get to the senior year, they're going to know they're not getting in. So they're going to check out senior year. And then it starts to just go downhill from there, where if teachers, instead of saying you should be shooting for these very, very known schools, they should be saying you should get to know the trade that you want to go into. Right. I mean, maybe it's different for Tyler because she goes to an art school and it's very photography focused right now at the moment, the course that she's taking. Yeah. And I mean, like, and that's something that like, you know, and there's a lot of schools in the city that are like that. Like, I mean, I'm going back like a thousand years to like when I graduated, but there was no school. Like if you were interested, like I was interested in art. So like I took art lessons like outside of school with a local artist. So did like some of my friends and stuff. And some of them went on to like go to like art programs at like, you know, other schools and stuff like that. But like there was no availability of like a local art school like there is here. You know, there's like five schools within like, a hundred blocks of us that like she could have gone to and that doesn't even account like all of the private schools that she could have gone to if we wanted to go that route with her but the teachers instead of saying hey man you know what you should aspire to go to harvard or yale they should be saying look if you want to be a photographer why would you even consider harvard or yale because number one those schools aren't doing anything for you 
you need to go to an art school. Right. Do they even have programs like that? Like, does I'm like, sure does they Harvard do. have like an arts program? Yes, I went to Harvard Photography. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a picture of my white Republican father. <laughs> Actually, the Harvard of Photography is probably ICP. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it exists. (laughs) But seriously, like, at the end of the day, like, the teachers aren't even, like, letting kids know what the jobs are. Like, I think I remember even seeing the show, uh, the the story, and I'm not sure if it was on the show or not. I'll stop you if you did. Where I went to my (laughs) art teacher in high school, and I was like, I knew I wanted to be in art. Because ever since, like, eighth grade, I... My dad's friends started giving me drawing lessons. And then in ninth grade, I started just focusing on as much art projects as I could. Right. And then, like, by 11th grade, made a National Honor Society for art. And I remember going in in 12th grade and saying, I want to find a part-time job for after school. And I wanted to be in this field so that when I start applying for colleges, that I could just say, hey, I worked in this field and maybe have, like, a little bit of a... What? Like a little bit of an edge on the people who have not been working. Yeah. Because I was not smart enough to even be in the classes where they would do the state tests for free. My my classes were so dumb that they were like, look, you're not going to pass it. So we're not <laughs> going to like put the money into you. So if you want to take the state tests, you got to pay for them yourself. That's really what it came oh down God. to. And it was like... Well, we both know I'm not passing those state tests. I'm just not taking them. I'm going to roll the dice and see if I can get into a school. But the problem was, before I even got in or knew what I wanted to major in, nobody was able to tell me what was in store for me if I went into this field in the, you know, right from the start. Right. And, and that's I- something that, like, they don't prepare you for. Like, they really... They really, really don't prepare you for... Like, I remember, like, the first time that I... When I said, like, I want to go back to school and be a journalist. My mom was like, how do you make money at that? <laughs> well, yeah. Did you ask <laughs> yourself, how do you make money at that? No, because that was never a thought of mine. Because it was just like, I've been through the ringer the past 10 years working in a corporate environment. I fucking hate every day of my life. I was pretty much an alcoholic. And because that was, like, the only thing that would, like, get me through. Because, like, I hated that job more than I hated anything in the world because it was such a horrible demeaning. Like the people that I worked with were horrible. Like the whole experience was absolutely horrible, but it was one of the best paying jobs in the area and in an area that like, you know, has nothing like, you know, there's people that I've worked with that are there for 20 years now, 20 fucking years, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But like, can't be anywhere for 20 years. Yeah. But like, I just remember like I went back to school and I'm like, we were getting laid off and I'm like, I want to be a writer. That's what I want to do. So, don't you think there should have been a course that said right up front, like, before you even, like, enroll in college that says, these are the fields that you can make money in if you become a writer or if you become a photographer or a designer or anything creative? I feel like there's stuff like that now because so many people have been disillusioned in life that, like, there's class, there's, like, classes that, like, like even, like, my ad class that I took, like, the title of the ad class that I took at SVA, which is, like, a huge, huge respected, like, creative school. I took... Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me, SVA. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was called, like, ooh, advertising sounds like a cool career. I think I'll try it. And it was basically just, like, a crash crash course in, like, what what it's like and like they treated it kind of like I'm like it wasn't the greatest class in the world but like 
it treated it like they were your art director and creative director and you were just like the copy editor or the copywriter you know trying to like make your portfolio and stuff and like and they were like this is how it is like there's no sugarcoating there's no this and it was like wow and like some of the kids had like a really hard time with this because they were the kids who were drawing in class who were always like this is the greatest happy little tree i've ever seen (laughs) and then you have this guy saying like this is the stupidest idea this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen or just taking it off the wall and just going not good well that's what life is like and i feel like that's where the missing thing happens and that but that was a really good thing because it was like man i'd really like to do this but like i don't know you know, you don't want to take those beatings every day yeah. and then wonder why am I on antidepressants? Why do I have to take a Xanax to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like we even talked about it after the reading was over. We left. We we said goodbye to everybody and stuff like that. And I mean, they did a really, really nice yeah, job it was of setting really, it up. It was so well done. Like it was just so well done. It was it moved along very quickly. Like the kids were like the stories. A lot of the stories, though, like, were very, like, they were very dark, which I love because I'm a naturally, like, dark person. Yeah, but I think that's high school, though. Like, I, when when Tyler read her story to me, which was about a murder, because she's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> when she read her story to me, and I, and I, when she was first going over it, she told, she warned me up front. She goes, it's a dark story. And I was expecting it to be even darker than what it was. And then after it was over, she was like, ah, it's really dark. And I started thinking to myself, like, yeah, you're trying to sell it to me as dark. But I feel like in high school, man, you forget. Like, it's like when people say you forget being born because of the pain that's involved when your body is first kind of thrust into the world. But, but you don't have a recollection of, of you know, yeah. conception. Or being born or whatever, like you, you don't have a recollection of that. Thank God. Ew. And I feel like when you're older, almost, you know, like in your thirties, forties, mid, the mid aughts, and on, <laughs> like you gotta realize that you forget about how dark high school was because you just try to block it out. Like there's, I don't think about high school ever unless on the rare occasion something comes up, like on Facebook where somebody's like, oh, this. You know, this event is happening, and they'll post it like the class page, which I'm, I follow, yeah. but hardly anybody puts anything in because I feel like the majority of people feel the same way. Yeah. Because you got to think like 95% of the people did not have a great high school experience. No, and I mean, and I'm not saying that like I did either, and like, but I can't, I just don't imagine. Like, I just, I, I just can't imagine being that age and going through some of the shit that, like, how, like, it was horrible. Like, I think school has always been horrible. Like, I remember my mom telling me stories, like, she graduated in 1966, and how there were bullies, like, both male and female. Like, that, so, like, there were always assholes in high school, like, throughout the ages, you know what I mean? It was all through the 70s and 80s, too, I can tell you. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you know, and, but, like, the bullies that, like, you had and the bullies that I had and then like the things that like you know she'll talk about other students going through and stuff sometimes it's like man like I can't imagine being that age and being like that because like they're just getting worse like the the kids are getting worse as the years progress oh yeah so it's like I can't even imagine because like there are times like when when I think back of like high school like I picture 17 year old Nikki who had like the world by the balls and she had the longest, prettiest, 
curliest hair. <laughs> Which I would say, you should straighten that. It would look really nice. <laughs> there were no straighteners. Oh, no, there wasn't. <laughs> just stay out of the humidity. Everything will be fine. <laughs> but, like, when I think of that, it was just, like, like everything was incandescent. And it's, like... And I, I remember, like, even back then, like, I started my first journal in 1994, and it was just all bullshit. Like, the shit that I talked about, it was, like, fights with the boyfriend, fights with the best friend, like, work suck today. Like, it was just, like, it was nothing like, oh, I have to worry about, like, a machete coming to school, or I have to worry because somebody, like, told me that they were going to kill themselves because I didn't want to be their friend or something like that. Like, that was never anything like, in the four years I went to school, like, there was never anybody who committed suicide. There were people, like, toward the end, there were, like, a couple handful of people that died of drugs. I feel like we had a death all the time. We had, like, we had, there like, when, in high school, like, there were maybe, like, three or four, like, drug-related deaths when I went to school. But, like, that was just, like... Wow, how did you let yourself get like that? Because like we all were doing drugs together. Like we were all smoking pot together and stuff, you know? No one killed themselves because of pot. No, I know that. But it, it was, was just probably like... I ran out of pot. I can see that. Like, <laughs> I'm completely dry. And uh yeah, now But it was yeah, like but even that I was still like naive enough to be like, okay, like I'm one of like the pot kids. So like I was friends with all the other kind of kids, but, like, I never walked through that doorway. But, like, we all kind of were together, and it was just, like, I can't imagine, like, that it got so bad that that had to, like, that you allowed that to happen to yourself. Wow, I just turned this into, like, a suicide show. You let's, really did. Let's, sorry. Let's, why don't let's we go back on. to Columbia? Let's go back to Columbia. <laughs> let's go back. It is me. This whole show it should just be called Tom Pulling Nikki Back to Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing with the Colombian thing is... That, you know, after it was over and we heard these kids' stories and they were, like, really, really strong stories. They, mm-hmm. they I think all of them were, like, really strong yeah. stories. But the people who put the show on was, like, the person who ran the master's degree program, mm-hmm. alumni. Um, the person the, who, like, created it. The create, the create, Yeah, the creator of the group was there. Yeah. And also um, the person in charge of the creative writing uh, section of Columbia. Yes. And, and like, they were all in attendance as well, which was, yeah. like, it's nice to see rather than, you know, a big name like saying, I'll donate a room to you to show up and yeah. we'll make you posters and put them around the campus. Them actually being there in the room was for more, the thing. Yeah. and putting posters around the campus which was so cool yeah and even the students were like i love this room because it was basically like an art room and it just had like a couple like black chairs put in it and then like but there were like canvases in the corner there were like sketches piled up like and it was just like and there was paint on the floor like it was just like a room like it wasn't like this because honestly i was going into it thinking we were going to be in like you know, an auditorium with rich mahogany walls. That's exactly the scene that I was picturing yeah. before we went in. And I was like, this is way better than, because that's a college room. Right. Like, that's what you'd, you'd go to, like, especially for the creative writing kids who most of their work is going to be done at home coming in reading something mm-hmm. that they've written on their own as opposed to writing there. Yeah. You don't need a desk for that. You need chairs for that. If you went to Columbia, you would probably go into a room like that and, like, what happened today, that would probably be your class. And then it would get critiqued. You'd go and you'd make edits to it and come back in and read it. But, you know, being in, like, a fine, fancy, mahogany, like, riddled, you know, It just hole, makes people uncomfortable. Like, Well, yeah. 
it's very, very, I don't know, man. Anyway. It's very weird. So <laughs> when we left Columbia, um, it started thinking like, you know, again, going back to like, the school should actually go and say what it is you can get out of taking a class like this if you decided to go pursue it. Because your question to me, as soon as we walked out the door was... What was it? <laughs> Profound. <laughs> <laughs> you you said that was so cool, but how does anybody make money on this? Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was like, how does anybody make money from this? Yeah, because I was like, because I'm a trained journalist, and like a journalism program is quite different Oh yeah. Then creative writing. And I'm not saying like that one is more like is, is better or whatever. Like there's different processes for the different types of thought. Absolutely. And like I honestly said and whatever, but I'm like, man, I'm so sick of journalism right now. Because news is so in our faces. Every like you can't not know what's going on in the world because of social media and things like that. It's what like we that. asked for, though. It's Yeah, and, like, we wanted things. Like, we wanted to know everything because we're nosy people. But, like, hearing these stories was just like, man, like, I miss being creative. Like, I want to be creative again. Like, I want to be that kid that's writing short stories in a notebook, you know? And news, the majority of news is very cookie cutter. Somebody breaks a story, everybody goes with it. Right. Like, there's not a lot of people breaking stories. And you can tell because if you look at, like, you know, like, the Yahoo news page or if you look at, like, you know, like, Huffington Post or if you look at, like, New York Times online, anything, they all have the same stories. Pretty much, yeah. There's never somebody that's, like, going, you know what, we're going to deal on, like... You know, New York won, but they're very specific, small niche where it's like we're going to talk about our particular market here. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's what I like about them so much. Yeah. It's like, cause, you know, it's sad to hear that, you know, right now Canada's on fire. Right. But how the fuck does that affect me? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to know, like, I, I'm thinking about the weekends coming up. Is there a fair going to be happening around the corner from my house that's going to keep me up until 6 o'clock in the morning again because people are going to be playing music all night from it (laughs) as opposed to something's happening in Canada? That's not going to affect me. Like, what's going to affect me? That's what I want to hear. Right, yeah. And I get it, like, right now, especially in the political climate that we're in because of the elections and whatnot, that there's going to be a ton of news on it. But I don't understand why some of these news outlets aren't breaking away and saying... Yeah, everybody's got that covered. I don't need to cover it for the 900th time if something else has happened. Because you can't tell me that there's not news happening all around us all the time. And especially, like, even just, like, Trump, for example. Like, any time he does something, it's this. So, like, for example, like, the other day, you know, Lindsey Graham said that, like, he doesn't think that Trump is fit. Well, Trump had to give a response. And then there's stories on that. Like, there's stories on, like, it's like this, you know, lobbing back and forth. And it's like, oh, my God. Right. And, you know, I just thought of this just now. The way I see it is, is that, like, journalism is like a coloring book where all the out somebody put all the outlines on a page and then you got to fill it in with your own colors in order to make the story yours. 
That is brilliant. Whereas creative writing is just a blank canvas. And you, you're just on your own, standing in front of it, and you got to figure out where does it go from here. I think I'm going to start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Proof out. <laughs> we should come up with a segment called Profound Moments. <laughs> I'll write it down. <laughs> uh, we got it recorded. Why bother? Oh, it's good. Right. So, you know, and and... The people who don't get paid usually are the people who got to stand in front of the blank canvases, even though their job technically is a lot harder. There's, you know, think of it like this. There's going to be a Trump story today. You know there's going to be a Trump course, story yeah. today because it spawned from a long time ago. And before it was Trump, it was somebody else. And then Trump kind of like somehow intersected into that story say President Obama because he was done, he was endorsing Hillary Clinton or not, whatever, who the hell knows at this point in time, but you know, he was going to endorse his party and then Trump is just a character that popped up into that story and now he has a starring role in it. Somebody is eventually going to pop their head into Trump's story and then they're now going to be the star of it and then it's going to go. So it's just one continuous story that characters are just popping into. Yeah. And it's been going on since we've had a White House. So it's not, or, and even further, going back to like, there was like government overseas before they even came here. So it just continues and continues where somebody who has to write something like poetry, mm-hmm. they don't have anywhere to start from that root point. Right, yeah, yeah. Like they're the root and they're the ones who should actually be getting paid more in a way because. They're putting out a lot more energy than the person who's just picking up on a story from yesterday and continuing with it. True. But, you know, somebody needed to say, like back then, like, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money if you're a market comp artist in these times (laughs) when computers are coming out and digital cameras are coming out. Like, you don't even need to have a job like that. But no one did. No one's there to say, hey, listen, creative writing is awesome and you should totally, you know, pursue it because you're great at it. But realize you're going to have to get a real job, too, if that's something that you want to do, because it's going to be a bit much otherwise. Like, it's going to be a rough go if you pick creative writing. (laughs) Good Lord, you're having a meltdown. (laughs) Dear God, that went on forever. (laughs) Did it really? It really did. Okay, so that's basically our thoughts on Columbia and pretty much any other college. Like, there really just should be something that says, yes, like, life is going to suck. This is going to be a great experience for you. But at the end of the day, it's still going to end up in a pile of suck. And you know how you know? Because (laughs) Nikki's job now. With the way she, she'll, like, go in and people be so pretentious, as you say. Is that not true? Some are, yeah. And you'll, they'll be, like, saying outright, like, they'll cite, oh, I went to Columbia School of Journalism. Not true or true? true. No, it's true, yeah. So you'll turn around. J school, and, they call it. They call it J school. Why they call it J school? Because it's short for journalism. Oh. Inside joke. Well, see, I thought it was something completely different. And I was like, really? There's that many? So anyway, so anyway, what what do I know about it? So anyway, so it's just a matter of 
you know, it doesn't matter if you went to Columbia. It doesn't matter if you went to a school in Northeast in Pennsylvania that wasn't like an Ivy League school. At the end of the day, you're both sitting right next to each other. Yeah, I know. And I'm sitting right next to you, literally. And I have maybe a quarter of the cost of education. No. I have no, like point like a tenth. Yeah, like I have like <laughs> point ten. Yes. I don't even know. Is I'm like if the, if that's not good or what. I and don't you even got care. the same seat, usually sharing exactly. the same desk. So, exactly. So yeah, the name brand schools are important. Like I guess, like in a kid's mind, because the teachers are building that up. And I guess in a way, it is kind of impressive to say I went somewhere like. Columbia as opposed to like a smaller school somewhere else. We literally just said this. But it's not getting you anywhere. No, it's not getting you anywhere different in the in the end. It's all about the work. It is about the work. So, because I am getting to the point of needing a nap myself, why don't we get into this week's special guest reading of <laughs> This Week. On Did You Know, a very special reading from the High Regard Show's very own Nikki. <laughs> did you know? So this week's Did You Know is, the, <laughs> did you know that Frank Bruni, who is um, a very prolific journalist, as it were, who I very much look up to. All right. Having said that. <laughs> He recently wrote a book called Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be, An Antidote to the College Admissions Mania. Um, This book came out um, back in March, I believe, and it was really interesting because his friends were doing, um, like his friends, kids were going off to college and stuff because, you know, they have kids in high school and they're like, everybody's whipped up into a frenzy over where they're supposed to go to college and stuff. And he goes, I wondered if there was anything in their resumes, a uniform attendance at a few select schools. And I didn't see it. It wasn't the case. It was a patchwork of educational pedigrees. So like some of the people that like he began to know, I have no idea what I'm even talking about. I was gonna say, is the, did you know the quote that you just read a Snicky? <laughs> Did you know that this famous journalism said this line? <laughs> That's this week's you know. Did you know? So the question is, do you want to live the life of a Hunter S. Thompson or the snooty college student? Hunter S. Thompson. You're not going to make no money. Shoot me out of a cannon. Hunter S. Thompson got shot out of a cannon. When he died, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember hearing that. Not buried in the ground to a road. No. He's up fucking wherever, man. All over is where he is. He's in you. He's in you. <laughs> I feel like I just turned into Matthew McConaughey. Don't. So if you want to learn more about The High Regard Show, check out our website at highregardshow.com or send us any emails you would like to highregardshow at gmail.com. And find us on all social media at High Regard Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you go educate yourself a little and let us know what you think of this week's show. (laughs) (laughs) Educate us. Yeah, you educate us, man. I'm done. Have a good night, everybody. We don't need no education. Don't need
Classroom. 